Hello, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and I have some news for y'all. The Down the Rabbit Hole episodes will now be subscriber only. There are a few reasons why I do this. Number one, it keeps my content safe. The reason why I say this is because those episodes I work the hardest on. It takes a few days in order for me to organize everything, fact check, and everything else. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that that is safe from any possible future censorship that Anchor or Spotify might actually enforce later on in the future. Because if it's bought and it's on your own device, then it's safe for you to listen to. Another, it keeps my listeners safe. Um, I love my listeners and I will never think bad or say anything bad about them, but there are people out there that may want to steal that content, that may want to hurt other people with that content because it's very sensitive information and I just want to make sure that the right people are willing to pay and listen that are really interested. Um, the other reason and the last reason is because it kind of shows me, it will show me who is interested and who's not in those episodes. So that'll give me a good bit of information in order to find out whether or not that is um, doing good. And I made sure that it is very cheap for you all. I know times are tough and I will not ask for anything more than $3 a month for those episodes. Very cheap, very fair, because I love you guys. Thank you, and jump into the trenches with me. We got some stuff to dig up. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to reach me in the descriptions down below. Thank you very much. First things first, yes, I do know the um, issue going on and the situation going on with um, Afghanistan. That will be the main thing that we will be talking about today. Now I don't know if I have any listeners in Afghanistan, but I do want to say to the people in Afghanistan who are suffering a lot of hardship, persecution, and um, hurt right now, I love you. Our prayers are with you, Renegade. Uh, the Renegade family loves you and embraces you. Um, but we are just going to go straight into it because there's a lot to unpack. So let's just get into it. First off, before we get into any nitty gritty stuff, we have to figure out how this started and where it's at right now. So, let's see, we're going to start from, I want to say, let's start around 2006, 2000, let's do, let's do 2001, alright, just so there's some, well, little history for you guys, the US-led coalition launches Operation Enduring Freedom targeting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda with military strikes, November 2001. November, December 2001. U.S.-backed Northern Alliance enters Kabul on November 13th. The Taliban flees south to their regime, um, is overthrown. Uh, in December, Hamid Karzai uh, is named interim president after Afghan groups sign the Bonn Agreement on an interim government. Uh, under the agreement, some warlords are named pro provincial, provi provincial governors, um, military commanders, and cabinet ministers 
are members of the Northern Alliance. The NATO-led International Security Assistance Force is established under the UN mandate. 2003, Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld uh, signals to an end to major combat activity in Afghanistan, saying we are we clearly have moved from major combat activity to a period of stability and stabilization and reconstruction and activities. 2004, Afghanistan holds a presidential election won by Hamid Karzai. 2005, Afghanistan's parliament opens after elections bring in lawmakers including um, old warlords and faction leaders. The Taliban re-emerge around 2006. The Taliban seize um, territory in southern Afghanistan. NATO's ISAF uh, assumes command from the U.S. in the south. Uh, commanding commanding something I'm sorry guys something the NATO Secretary General calls one of the most challenging tasks NATO has ever taken on 2009 Karzai is re-elected as president the US surge begins when President Barack Obama orders substantial troop increases in Afghanistan Obama says that U.S. forces will leave by 2011, 2012. NATO announces that it will withdraw foreign combat troops and transfer control of security operations to Afghan forces by the end of 2014. 2013, the Afghan army takes on security operations from NATO forces. The Obama administration announces plans to start formal peace talks with the Taliban. 2014. After a disputed election, Ash Ashgroth, I have Asharf Ghani succeeds Karzai in a, as Afghanistan's president. Uh, Ghani's rival, Abdullah Abdullah, um is named chief executive. At the end of the year, U.S. and NATO forces formally end their combat missions. 2015, NATO launches its resolute support mission to aid Afghanistan or Afghan forces. Heavy violence continues as the Taliban step up their attacks in, on Afghan and U.S. forces and civilians take over the, more territory. At the same time, uh, an Afghan ISIS branch also emerges. They're called ISIS. We haven't heard from ISIS in a very long time, ever since Trump was in office. We hardly heard anything, to be honest. But um, Taliban members and Afghan officials meet informally in Qatar and agree to continue peace talks. The Taliban, publicly known as Mullah Omar, uh, the group's founder, died um, years earlier. Mullah Akhtar Mansour is named as the new leader. He is killed uh, the following year in, the, in a U.S. drone attack on Pakistan. 2016, the Afghan government grants immunity for or to former um, holy warrior leader. Uh, let me pronounce this: Gulbuddin uh, Hekmatyar. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, known in the civil war years as Butcher of Kabul. Oh dear. 2017. Fighting continues between governmental forces and the Taliban, and attacks attributed to the Taliban and ISIS convulse in the country. The U.S. Endgame. 2018. President Donald Trump's um, appoints former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan, Zalmay Khalizad, 
as his special representative to negotiate with the Taliban. 2020, after another disputed election in 2019, Ghani is declared president and Abdullah is head of the government's peace negotiating committee in early 2020. Violence increases in Kabul. Um, ISIS claims responsibility for some attacks while others are never claimed. Um, journalists and rights activists are assassinated and other targets include maternity hospital and a girls school. The U.S. Okay, hang on. Yeah, never mind. I thought I lost my place. The U.S. and the Taliban signed a peace agreement in Doha, Qatar, on February 29th. Um, the two sides agree on the terms for the U.S. withdrawal of troops and the Taliban to stop attacks on Americans. Direct Taliban Afghanistan. Um, I'm sorry. Direct Taliban-Afghan government negotiations began in Doha on September, uh, but quickly stall and never resume in a serious way. April 14, 2021, President Biden announces the withdrawal of remaining U.S. troops by September 11th. Um, May 2021, the Taliban regain. Uh, begin gaining territory in the north. U.S. troops leave the Bagram airfield and key hub for the American war. Um, August 2021, this is where we're at now, the Taliban seized control of key cities and providences, often without a fight. Within days, the only major city not under control is Kabul. Ghani flees, the government collapses, and capital or and the capital comes under Taliban control around August 15th. Chaos erupts at the Kabul airport as desperate Afghans try to leave the country. A new era of painful uncertainty begins. At the press conference on August 17th, Taliban spokesman Zabihullah Mujahad um, promises an inclusive government, uh, security for, for aid agencies and embassies, and I don't know what I did. Security for aid agencies and embassies and women's rights to work and go to school within his group's interpretation of Sharia law. Now I'm going to go into OAN News to talk about all the affairs going on now. So we know how the Taliban took everything over. Now it's time to uh, figure out what they're about to be doing in order to kind of make peace with Afghanistan. So the one thing that might actually not be covered in OAN news, they, it might, but just in case it doesn't. Uh, some of the Americans that were in Afghanistan, that were stationed there, um, were evacuated in helicopters. But um, as far as I know, some of those people who were... Um, trying to get out of Afghanistan. Some of them were falling out of the helicopters. I mean, it's just incredibly sad. Um, some of them were separated from their families. So everything, there's a lot of things that are going on there that even I am trying to make sense of. And I'm trying my best to, you know, get you guys to make sense of it with me. <laughs> so, um, the first article we're going to read, and I'm going to read as many Afghanistan articles I can from here. Saki claims Americans aren't stranded in Afghanistan. White House Press Secretary Jen Saki has been under fire for a comment surrounding Americans currently stuck in, Af in Afghanistan. During a press briefing on Monday, Saki said Americans were not stranded um, and added, 
it was irresponsible to suggest so. First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. She stated, we are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. Many criticized her statement by arguing that irresponsibility was really on uh, really the U.S. troop withdrawal, which has left thousands stuck under the Taliban's control. So yes. Um, Saki went on to say that the White House has been working around the clock to bring the remaining Americans home. According to officials, the U.S. has evacuated more than 37,000 people from Kabul. Okay, here's another one from Kamala Harris. I don't like it. I don't like her. Blech. Anyway, Kamala Harris uh, again faces Afghanistan questions from on trip to Asia. Why are you in Asia anyways? Aren't you supposed to be manning the border? Lady, aren't you supposed to be manning the border? Good God. This woman is everywhere but America. Kamala Harris has continued her efforts to try and save her boss's international reputation by taking aim at China. That is not the problem area right now. The problem area right now is Afghanistan. Alright. During her trip to Singapore on Monday, the federal government made several moves to strengthen ties with the island nation. Beijing's uh, actions continue to undermine the rules-based order and threaten the sovereignty of nations, she announced. The United States stands with our allies and partners in the face of these threats. In addition, the U.S. Treasury Department announced that, this, that a cybersecurity memorandum of understanding uh, which is outlined as an agreement aimed to deepen cooperation in the face of the 21st century threats. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen went on to say the cybersecurity cooperation agreement will serve to improve cyber resilience of both countries' financial systems. Uh, what does this have to do with the current situation now? Like, I don't understand. Harris echoed a, the warning of the memorandum. There should be no doubt we have enduring interests in this region and we have enduring commitments as well, she expressed. Those commitments include, uh, of course, security. What the f she went on to issue a strong condemnation uh, of China's aggression in the South China Sea. Why are you worrying about China when Afghanistan is killing itself? I don't understand. I know that there are more issues around the world. I understand that. I'm just saying there are Americans in Afghanistan and she would rather talk to people in China right now. I don't... I mean, I know she's not a very good vice president. I know some people might not agree. But the fact that she's just literally just being so ignorant to what's going on. She doesn't she doesn't care about America. She doesn't. I this is why I don't like her. I I don't like her at all. I don't like her. Uh our vision includes freedom of navigation. Uh, which is vital to us. The livelihood of millions of people depend on the billions of dollars in trade and flow through sense or through these sea lanes each day, she explained. Yet in the South China Sea, we know that Beijing continues to coerce and intimidate and make claims to the vast majority of the South China Sea. The U.S. has deep, enduring strategic interests in South uh, East Asia and the Indo-Pacific. Which is why our security um, presence matters. Thank you to, the, to our sailors and our servicemen and women for your service and sacrifice. And the work you do every day to protect the country. So she's, uh, that's what she tweeted. And she's here actually 
taking pictures with the Navy and, and everything, but she's not doing anything at all with the families that have been separated in Afghanistan. She wants to distract people. She wants another war. This is what she wants. On the heels of the announcement of new bilateral ties and a growing relationship with a key U.S. ally in the region, Harris was once again given the opportunity to offer clarity on the Afghanistan evacuation efforts from the White House. However, she chose to reiterate her pre-approved talking points. So she's basically being a redundant, crazy scarecrow. Um, you all know we were at war in Afghanistan for 20 long years. Many members of our military gave their lives in Afghanistan, as did many of their allies and partners, she stated. Over these past weeks, the U.S. has been focused on safely evacuating American citizens, international partners, Afghans, who worked side by side with us, and other Afghans at risk. Harris's trip still has few days remaining, and it's becoming clear that no matter how far from the U.S. she travels, questions about her administration's botched Middle East policy will be awaiting her. You can run on for a long time, run on, sooner or later gonna cut you down. Johnny Cash was right. This is, uh, this song was made for her. She's God's gonna cut you down, girl. Taliban warns Biden administration not to extend withdrawal deadline. So, the Taliban was warned, uh, has warned the Biden administration to not extend the deadline to withdraw U.S. forces from Afghanistan while Americans remain stranded in the country. The White House has been scrambling to get a grip on the crisis with the Taliban continuing to apply pressure to the situation. Uh, while speaking to Sky News on Tuesday, a spokesperson for the ta- Taliban, Sahul Shahi, said on August 31st, um, it is a red line. Or is a red line. What? Okay. He directly told Joe Biden not to extend the deadline. It's a red line, Shahi said. President uh, Biden announced that on August 31st, they would withdraw all of their military forces. So if they extend it, that means they're extending occupation while there is no need for that. The Taliban spokesperson uh, then issued a stern warning to the U.S. by suggesting reaction will be provoked if it fails to withdraw by the end of the month. On Monday, the Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby gave a vague response, um, stating the U.S. intends to meet its goal of the 31st of August. He said, um, he said there are currently no talks of extending the deadline. We are well aware, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He says of three times. Okay. We are aware, we are well aware of, of, of the stated desire by the Taliban to have this mission completed by the 31st of August, Kirby stated. I would tell you that we too are planning on completing it by the 31st of August. That is the mission that we have been signed by the Commander-in-Chief, um, assigned to us, and... That's what we are trying to execute. It's not going to happen. They're not going to pull out that many people, the remaining Americans in Afghanistan. They're not going to. You want to know why? Because for one, unfortunately, the Taliban has taken control of U.S. airplanes. Okay. There's no way that they're going to get those back. Two, I know for a fact 
that they don't care. The democratic government that we're under right now does not care about us. That doesn't doesn't care about how many people are being taken prisoner or how many remaining families are in Afghanistan. They they don't care. They won't do it. They will not. I don't see it happening. I hope to God they do. I really hope to God they do. Because I want all those families to be reunited. I with all my heart that's what I want for them. I do. But with a terrible government that we're under right now in America, I don't I don't see that happening. I would love to be wrong. I I want to be proven wrong. However, even Democrats are beginning to coast, or I'm sorry, to cast doubt on the Biden administration's goal. When speaking to reporters on Monday, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, Democrat of California, said he believes it's unlikely to the U.S. or that the U.S. will be able to evacuate all of its personnel by the end of the month. I think it's very unlikely given the number of Americans who still need to be evacuated, the number of SIV, Special Immigrant Visas, the number of others who are members of Afghan press, civil society leaders, women leaders, he stated, it's hard for me to imagine all of that can be accomplished between now and the end of the month. Even Biden can't stay on the same page as his cabinet with the Democrat Uh, stating over the weekend that officials are looking at at extending the deadline. Amazing. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I I just don't have faith in this government anymore. We have no president. We don't have a president at all. And uh, I hope and I pray, I do, I care. I don't want anyone there that is in potential danger to be in danger because of the foolishness that this so-called president of America right now, because of the foolishness that he has been just, he's just been completely foolish. So I just literally walked into the bedroom and I saw on TV that I have happily been proven wrong. Um, Biden has um, decided to stick with the um, deadline. It seems that way. So uh, they're going to be able to withdraw uh, the Americans. And I'm very, very happy to be wrong, honestly. And I'm very surprised. Um, We still don't know what may or may not happen during that flight. But I'm kind of happy for you guys. I'm so happy you guys are going home. I really do. These are the times when I'm just incredibly happy to be wrong. I don't care. If it means that people are going to be safe and back home, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad that I'm wrong. But I'm still going to read you guys the uh, articles that are on OEN News. So... The Pentagon says over 37,000 people have been evacuated from Afghanistan since August 14th. However, the Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby was asked how many Americans have been evacuated since that date. He only answered several thousand. This comes as um, Americans and U.S. allies are expressing concerns over the U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, one America, Stephanie Myers, spoke uh, with retired special operations for the U.S. Air Force Major Glenn uh, Ignacio about the situation. So there is a few. Okay. Thousand people have been evacuated from Afghanistan since August 14th. That's according to Major General Hank Taylor, who updated the press Monday. However, when Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby was asked how many Americans have been evacuated since that date, he only answered several thousand. This as Americans and our allies are expressing concerns about the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. 
Here to talk about this further is retired special operations for the U.S. Air Force, Major Glenn Ignacio. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. You were a part of the initial military planning operation to take over Afghanistan 20 years ago on a joint task force, combined special combat and rescue ops between Iraq and Afghanistan. What's going through your mind when you see images of the Taliban taking over Afghanistan? That's crazy. I mean, especially the speed that they had of taking the country. And ironically, with the small resistance to the north, it feels like it is exactly 20 years ago. That's how this started with the resistance to the north and the Taliban and the rest of the country. So it's a very strange time to see history repeating itself. And from my understanding, you've also been helping Afghan refugees out of Kabul. Tell us more about what that's been like, especially over the past few days. Sure. It's uh, really been an absolutely chaotic situation. Uh, while we're working uh, to get aircraft in to uh, extract them, it's it's great. But uh, the difficult part is getting them from where they're actually holed up in a safe house to the actual airport. Either gates are changing or the Taliban is becoming very hostile. There's been shootings. That is really the dangerous and the chaotic part. And it's it's really the, the, the biggest uh, gauntlet that they have to go through. Not particularly getting an aircraft as much as it is to get from where they're located, finding them, and actually getting them onto uh, the international airport. Can't even imagine what that must be like, especially to, for them to have to be able to come over here or any other safe haven country. It seems though the Biden administration is doing damage control over what many have described as this disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. With everything that we know, and from your perspective, is it too late to change how they're going about this? Well, I don't think it's ever too late to change, but it definitely needs to uh, pivot very quickly. In the Special Operations and Combat Rescue, we have a thing that's called NEO, non-combatant evacuation operations. And there's a certain set of uh, tasks, uh, techniques, and procedures that we can actually uh, carry out to get individuals out. The ability to have notified Americans, where are you going to be, uh, when we plan on moving, and basically staging to prepare yourself is critical. Now, that hasn't happened in the past, so we're trying to catch up with that and get people moving. So uh, the biggest thing is to try to get it. Uh, you know, the Taliban is expecting and getting now buy-offs to make sure that there's safe passage to the airport. Uh, I mean, we really have to move quickly as they start uh, implementing different techni uh, techniques and tactics to uh, make it difficult for people to get out. Absolutely. And there's a new development that just came in this morning from the CIA director, William Burns, held a secret meeting with Taliban leader Abdul Ghani Baradar in Kabul Monday. Your reaction? Well, any kind of dialogue with the uh, Taliban to basically, um, you know, ensure safe passage is always a good thing. But here's one thing about the Taliban, and you can see it through history, you can see it even present day, is they uh, rarely, if ever, live up to their word or live up to their timeline so that's the the critical part the only time they live up to the word is when it's an enforcement of violence and that's the biggest thing that i would be concerned about but if there's any negotiation that's going to either accelerate individuals to get out of uh, uh kabul and to get the americans safe and and all the other supporting individuals safe go for it but uh you know that's that's what i would uh, think it'd be a, a critical thing to do at this moment Want to see more videos like this? Okay, here is the second part to that real quick. That you believe that Afghan senior military leaders were paid off to not engage with the Taliban. Why do you suspect that to be the case? For 20 years, the corruption has been horrendous. If you've been there or dealt with uh, anybody there in Afghanistan, that's that's pretty much expected. Uh, the top expects something, and it's like everybody below them is always taking from those below them. So there's a lot of corruption. Uh, not not everywhere. There's some great people, but that has been happening across the country. The other thing, it's very difficult to get across Afghanistan in just a day, and the understanding is from the chatter we get out is that these leaders and officers have been paid to basically lay down their weapons and let the tab Taliban take over without resistance. Uh, that's really one of the only ways that this would have happened without any kind of resistance from the Afghan military, police, and so forth. Uh, so that's uh, some definite, uh, you know, facts that we've gotten out, and uh, that's the way it's been done for 20 years. You know, this is Afghanistan, a whole different place, a whole different world. And that's how they do it.
And it probably doesn't help either that the Afghan president, Ashraf Ghani, he fled the country. So I really leaving Kabul and then the, you saw those images of the Taliban in the presidential palace. Uh, switching gears now, though, you penned a document called Words of Encouragement. Tell us more about that. Uh, words of encouragement as far as, uh, you know, we want to make sure, at least for my efforts and many other efforts, as far as people moving forward to uh, recover from, you know, the situation that they're seeing in Afghanistan. A lot of people are really driving themselves into a spiral of depression and so forth. And what I try to do is have people focus on the task and the time that they were in in Afghanistan and the successes that they have. Uh, you know, the big picture as far as the country falling is not on their shoulders. shoulders and I'm really concerned about veterans uh, putting that. It's sort of like you save somebody's life, but then a week later they're hit by a car. That's out of your control. And it's almost sort of an analogy for Afghanistan. And I wanna make sure that veterans really understand what they did at that specific time is what they need to focus on. The status of the country is is something that's outside of their purview and I really don't want people to sprawl themselves in the ground uh, for an action like this. You know, we were in Afghanistan for 20 years, but in all honesty, we were there one year, 20 times in a row. Different campaigns, different leaderships, different cabinets. So focus on the time that you were there and focus on what you do, not what the government or the politicians have dealt with. And it's so important for our vets to have those resources that you just pointed out. Lastly, where can our viewers go to learn more about you and your work? Absolutely. You can go to glennignazio.com and you can also go to Glenn Ignazio on Facebook as well as the Glenn Ig at Instagram. So we're doing as much as we can to support those that we're trying to get out of support and the veterans that are having a tough time. Please to reach out and take care of them. Uh, that's the most important thing, and uh, that's what's near and dear to the heart for many of us. And for our viewers watching, you can see that link on the bottom of your screen. Again, retires. I think it's time for a break. That was a lot of information. Obama-era officials take aim at Biden's handling of Afghanistan. So this was yesterday. Several troop diplomats and military leaders under former President Barack Obama gave grim gave a grim update of Biden administration. Biden administration. I can't say that word. Biden administration's retreat from Afghanistan. So, Biden's Afghanistan disaster was called out by these uh, officials. We're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to name any people because I don't, I don't want to be arrested. So, <laughs> we're just going to keep going. On Monday, former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan Ryan Crocker warned the White House is not adequately answering how it will get Americans and allies out of the country. He stressed that Biden gave up America's ground game when U.S. troops were pulled out of the country before non-military personnel. Um, Crocker warned sending in helicopters and other aircraft to secure zones will be a challenge as the Taliban are well armed in securing their control of Afghanistan. He also took aim at the Biden administration's reluctance to recognize Al-Qaeda as a credible threat. The former diplomat of the terrorist organization is not gone and is likely waiting for the opportune time to strike. Crocker then claimed that what the Taliban did over the past 20 years. Additionally, Obama's former Department of Defense and Department of Homeland Security Secretary uh, Johnson, uh, Jesus Christ, sounded off a similar tune while warning the mountains of Afghanistan are a perfect breeding ground for terrorist organizations. Yeah, um, Osama bin Laden hid in a cave for a long time uh, back in the day, so, um, I, I don't uh, deny that is correct because it is it, it is very 
secluded in the Afghani mountains. So, um, let's see. You could probably American city in the mountains of Afghanistan undetected, he explained. It is very... It is the very type of place terrorist groups seek to establish as a headquarters, as a base for training and gathering. Johnson went on to say it would have been better to leave a small force on the ground in the country to perform counter-terrorism operations while he claimed keeping key bases, including Bagram Air Base, would have made it easier and safer to get non-military personnel out of Afghanistan. And I understand the desire to get out after 20 years, but getting out doesn't necessarily mean moving every single number of the United States military, or member of the United States military uh, from that place, uh, Johnson said. We have our military in small forces stationed in a number of places around the world. Johnson concluded with a dire warning about the efforts uh, to evacuate people from Afghanistan despite the Biden administration's uh, insistence they are on top of the problems threatening on uh, evacuation attempts, Johnson believes. The situation hasn't yet peaked. I believe that the situation at the airport was going to get a lot worse before it gets better, he stated. This is a country of 38 million people. We've got to deal with the American citizens, those who qualify for special immigrant visas, and those who will qualify for refugee status under our laws, and that population can snowball. I don't know if I trust the Biden or uh, Obama administration. Obama, for years, has been trying to slice up Israel in pieces so that Palestine territory could be claimed. I just don't trust him with any diplomatic solution at all anywhere, but, um, yeah. Senator Cotton says Biden is fearful of the Taliban. <laughs> Stupid. You're the president. You're not supposed to be afraid. You, I mean, I understand people get afraid. It's a human thing. It happens. But he's the president of the United States. Um, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe he is. But to be perfectly honest, if you are acting president, you should be able to be level-headed enough to make a diplomatic solution. But he's not doing that. Senator Tom Cotton said Joe Biden has taken a fearful approach to the Taliban's control in Kabul. During an interview on Monday, Cotton suggested Biden should be taking a stand against the Taliban by asserting any attempt attack or to attack American citizens would be destroyed. The Republican senator went on to say this kind of approach should be used every day until every American has been evacuated. Cotton also pointed to a recent move by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to bring the House back to a vote for their infrastructure bill. He argued Democrats wanted Afghanistan off the front pages so they could discuss their reckless spending plan. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, they, they don't. They don't care. They don't. I, I mean, I don't even know how long it's been uh, for Biden to even bring more Americans home from Afghanistan. I mean, this is just dumb. And he's somehow our president. Can we please have Trump back? Trump, we need you. Okay, I got one more article about Kamala Harris and Afghanistan, and then I'm gonna go into another story, um, just because it makes me angry, and I want to talk to y'all about it. I know this is probably uh, sufficiently a very long uh, podcast. The whole Afghanistan information that I gave you was about 30 minutes, 33, 37 minutes long, so... Uh, we got two more articles, and we're gonna 
you know, end it. Kamala Harris, quote, Plenty of time to analyze chaos in Afghanistan. No, there is not plenty of time. There was not plenty of time. This was yesterday uh, that it was updated. So let's see. Kamala Harris publicly spoke out about the crisis in Afghanistan, but failed to answer questions. Of course, Democrats never want to answer questions. They just want to beat around the bush and make everything look pretty for you in order to make you think that they're likable enough to stay in their position. That's just what they do. Elite Democrats, that's all they do. Okay? They tell you blue bit Wow, I cannot talk today. They tell you beautiful lies and not the ugly truth. And uh, instead of actually answering a simple question just like Trump would, even if it hurt somebody, they would rather beat around the bush and just give you the runaround, drag you around like a rag doll. <laughs> so they can be liked. That, that's it. Kamala Harris publicly spoke out about the crisis in Afghanistan but failed to answer the questions about Biden's administration uh, troop withdrawal process. During a press conference alongside Singapore's Prime Minister on Monday, Harris said that the main focus is evacuating Americans Af Afghans who helped the U.S. and all those vulnerable. When asked what went wrong with the U.S. troop withdrawal, however, Harris didn't appear to have a sense of urgency in addressing the situation. She explained there I think there is going to be plenty of time to analyze uh, what has happened and what has taken place in the context of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Okay. Lady, they gave us a dang freaking deadline. They had a certain amount of people, a considerable amount of people. All we know is that a few thousand were evacuated today. Okay. There are so much more. Still in Afghanistan, probably. We don't know how many people are going to be evacuated today. And we don't know if those planes are coming back. Okay. I just thought of that. These planes right now that are evacuating people right now in, Af in Afghanistan... How many people are going to be left after that day? How many people are going to be left after today? Do we know? Because I know for sure that it's that, <laughs> that today is not going to be able, like, I don't know, I don't know, man. I just can't. There are so many Americans and people who are vulnerable in Afghanistan right now. It would take more than just today to evacuate. It would take more than those planes to evacuate those people to safety. So the fact that she thinks that there is plenty amount of time for this crisis to be solved. She's stupid. She's dumb. She's dumb. But anyway, Harris went on to say the U.S. would not be distracted from its mission of evacuating people from the region. From what I have read already, the House wanted to talk about, talk more about their spending plan than the issue in Afghanistan. And also, Kamala isn't even in the U.S. right now to help the president with this issue. The vice president is supposed to be there with the president. She's not even doing her part as the border czar to even, you know, visit the border and take care of what's going on in the border. She doesn't care. She won't. She's doing her own thing. I don't know where she came from. It's, it's incredibly funny, if you think about it. We never heard of Kamala Harris until, um you know, the election between Biden and Trump. Where in the world did she come from? Her trip abroad comes as the Biden administration has faced heavy criticism at, over the chaotic 
troop withdrawal. So her trip abroad comes as the Biden administration has fit. So, so basically she ran away. She ran away from the problem because she don't know how to solve it. Typical Kamala mentality. All right, one last thing. If there's anybody that I do not like besides Kamala Harris, is Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago. Is it the governor? No, it's not the governor's mayor, isn't it? I don't even know. But anyway, at least 41 people shot over the weekend in Lightfoot, Chicago. Okay. The people of Chicago have been grieving violence, continued to soar in the Democrat-led city. On Sunday, dozens of Chicago residents took to the street and called peace, called for peace after more than 40 people were shot over the weekend and seven were killed. This including a shooting um, outside a gas station on Sunday in which a suspect in a black vehicle opened fire and killed at least one person and injured two others. This included a shooting of the... Okay, hang on. Several local groups teamed up to help those in need and show community concerns have not fallen on deaf ears. I think it's important for the people uh, to know that there's not a lot of people who are really about peace and are willing to speak out, explained Omari Moore, executive director of Neighborscapes. We don't condone any sort of violence of any kind. Police in Chicago said they would continue to patrol and more or and were determined to make the city safer. What is Lightfoot doing though? What is she doing? She doesn't have a statement for all of this? I don't understand that. <laughs>